0: Welcome to Unbroken Jars, I'm Doug, and I'm Randy, and this is a podcast where we explore individuals' real-life stories in real faith. You're listening to Unbroken Jars, episode 19, Taking It to the Streets. The light of Jesus shines through the darkness, and we carry this light in Unbroken Jars of Clay. We have a life and a story about our faith journey, but we're not struck down or destroyed. Our stories shine the light on Jesus and His power. Our faith walk has forever been shaped by the life of one man, that's Jesus. Jesus continues to use these real-life stories of those around us to mold us. We dive into this world by investigating, interviewing, and walking alongside real people who share their stories. Their faith stories of struggle, sin, joy, and victory, and how God is leading them will help shape your faith journey in unbroken jars of clay.
1: And as Doug and I continue to look at the lives of men and women who are intentionally allowing their everyday lives, occupations, and hobbies to intersect with their faith, we're really excited to be able to bring in Roseville E.B., or as we and others know her, uh, as Sister Rosie or Mother Rosie for her from her home church. Welcome, Rose. It's good to have you today.
2: Nice to be here.
1: Now, I'd heard of uh, Mother Rosie before I met with her from several of our homeless and displaced friends, and um, I mean they would talk about her and the conversation i would had with her and her connection with First Stop, that's a local organization that serves the homeless in our community here in Huntsville. I think our first meeting, I can't remember, Rosie, for sure, but first meeting was when you came to our meeting space at 2820 Governors Drive to ask about us possibly serving as a warming station, or at least getting involved with that, uh, and I can't, that may have been two years ago. I can't even remember how long ago that was now. We reached out to Mother Rosie to see if she'd be willing to join us on Unbroken Jars, and she graciously said yes, and we're glad to have uh, her with us today.
0: Uh, I, too, have heard from several of our, our new friends. You're, you're mentioning all their sentences. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. But for those of us like myself who don't know you uh, very well, um, if, if you don't mind, tell us you know where you're from, what brought you to Huntsville, and kind of where you work, what you do.
2: Uh, well, I've been in Huntsville for about a few years now. Um, I came here... Uh, when I was finishing up uh, seminary um, after marrying my husband, uh, Justin. And now how
0: long have y'all been married?
2: Oh, let's see. Going on, uh, is it three years now? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, together we have three children and one grandchild, Gus. Oh. <laughs> yes, proud grandparents. Um, Henry and Molly are my children, and then uh, Annabelle is his, mm-hmm. so we're a fun-blended family. Um, and let's see. I, um, I'm a priest at Church Nativity. I'm their outreach missioner, and then I'm also a priest at St. Timothy's in Athens, Georgia, so I share my time in two different—did I say Georgia?
1: You did, but it's fine. <laughs> she's a Georgia Ath- Bulldog fan. That's why she's got that on yeah. She's got it on the brain. <laughs>
2: I, had, I had to stick that in there. Well, Ath- with good reason right
0: now anyway. <laughs> right? Go dogs. Yeah.
2: Um, Athens, Alabama. But I'm from Georgia originally. Yeah. So that's a little bit about myself. Cool. Cool. Yeah.
1: Now, we know you because you work with the homeless or displaced in our community. Um, I think your official title, I saw it on the website, is Outreach Missioner and Nativity. What led you to focus—with that title, what led you to uh, focus—I'm saying you focus all your time. When I see you, are constantly in that area. But what caused you to lead you to focus on on the efforts of the homeless and displaced?
2: So when I was finishing up seminary, um, I was completing my CPE unit, clinical pastoral education, um, over at First Stop, putting in my hours there. And I felt drawn— there, um, because of my personal experience uh, with homelessness. Now, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Sure. Um, and I was uh, talking to um, Father Michael Goldsmith, who I work with at Nativity, and I said, um, hey, this—I uh, was actually texting with him. I said, this uh, church in uh, Georgia, this community of Saint, the Brotherhood of St. Joseph— is doing this homeless church thing out in the park and in the, the homeless tent community. Can we do that at Nativity? And he said, do you feel called to do that? And I texted him back. I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and and I truly did. Mm-hmm. And and he texted me. He goes, okay, well, let's talk to the bishop about this. And we did. And, um, and Nativity did because um, – uh, church Nativity felt called to do outreach differently um, because we are, as Christians, called to be the hands and feet of Christ. And while it's important for the hands of Christ to write checks and to support outreach efforts in the community, it is also important for us to get our hands dirty and to get our feet's feet out of the church and to do things, mm. to be actively engaged and in relationship, mm-hmm. and so uh, the church nativity supports many, many outreach efforts in the community. And so, as outreach missioner, um, I go out into those um, projects and um, that we support, and ask them, "How can we support you? How can we help you? Do you need volunteers? Do you need supplies?" um and so that was kind of the first starts of me getting more and more involved in first stop and with first stop and so I began being a pastoral presence there mm-hmm. um
0: when you say pastoral presence you mean just you know to those listening just being present mm-hmm. kind of getting to know people
2: getting to know people mm-hmm. and, and being in relationship yeah and um, so going back a little bit I'm gonna been back. Yeah, a rewind. Bit. No problem. Rewind. Um, when I was around fourteen, um, I lived in a transitional housing community with my mother and my little sister, um, and we were, and um, for lack of better words, homeless. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she had sold all our belongings. We had a car, so we were that was that was good. Um, and everybody that we lived around was also homeless. Yeah. Um, we had our own living space in that transitional housing community, um, so we had privacy, and that was that was good. Um, but we ate in a communal dining room. We took turns uh, preparing meals um, for our homeless brothers and sisters. Um, I never will forget one of the the meals that we prepared. We had uh, beef that had been uh, canned in the Mennonite community there in Virginia. um, And it said, canned in the name of Christ. Mm. (laughs) And for Mm. a very sarcastic, you know, 14, 15-year-old, I was like, what is this? What does it mean to be canned in the name of Christ? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, but, um, and it it was a life-changing event for a lot of reasons. But um, I remember... Um, I I didn't have a lot of of structure, as you can imagine, but I was coming back to the housing area around like one in the morning after going to some punk rock show, and I know people can't see me on this podcast, but... (laughs) My homeless folks know me because my hair is always kind of wild, and, <laughs> and I'm the priest with the tattoos. <laughs> and not a lot has changed. You're the um, punk rock priest. Yes. <laughs> so, got it. That's good. And um, yeah. so it was probably, you know, really late at night, and I was coming back from this punk rock show, and one of my friends um, that knew me from the homeless shelter um, yelled out at me, and he's like, Rosie, what are you doing? I was like, I'm walking back to the shelter and he's like it's too late for you to be out and I was like I'm going back and he's like hey so and so watch my stuff I gotta walk Rosie back and that that happened so many times um, to me and where people would walk me home Mm -hmm. and to make sure that I was safe and I can just remember those experiences. They would make sure that I knew when the Salvation Army had the good cookies, that I knew when the Salvation Army was serving the fried chicken. Mm -hmm. And it was those relationships that I had and that I felt human and that I felt loved, being this little 15-, 16-year-old kid. And so that, when... Michael Goldsmith said, do you feel called? I said, yeah. Because I remember that dude saying, hey, Rosie, mm-hmm. what are you doing? So that is, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm walking people home. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And home Good. doesn't mean like a house. You know, it could be walking someone home to rehab. Mm -hmm. walking someone home to, like, this morning, helping somebody get their tag on their car because that's what they need.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, that makes what we're even talking about here today more real because it's not like you're like, hey, I'm going to go help these people, right? Because that's what a lot of us think. To be fair, I mean, I want to go help these people. But the reality is is you were these people, and, and realize something's bigger than these people, you know? It is um, all of us.
2: It is a, a relationship. Yes. And when we think about biblically, um, when Christ healed the blind man, it was more than the healing. Mm-hmm. It was what happened after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know it just didn't it didn't end there, right. And so I think that's um, when we think about ministry, when we think about outreach, um, church doesn't end on Sunday. We say at the end, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Right. You know, that is a call. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the end. See you next Sunday. Yeah.
0: Come back <laughs> Come back to the next appointed time. Yeah. Type thing. Well, tell us a little bit, uh, connect us. You, you've mentioned First Stop. A lot mm-hmm. of the people who will be listening know a little about First Stop. Tell us about First Stop and then, Tell us kind of what you do there as you work alongside of them.
2: So I'm usually at First Stop on Mondays and Thursdays um, where uh, I now have gotten smart and I have a sign-in sheet (laughs) because if not, it would be, hey, Rosie, hey, Rosie, can I talk to you? Uh Um, So I'm there for pastoral care um, on Mondays, and people will sign up because it's very important for me to – not be a caseworker, right? That I'm there for prayer and just listening. Um, one thing that struck me when I was um, doing CPE um, was learning how to stay with people's pain.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is one thing that um, I hear a lot when I'm talking with my homeless brothers and sisters in Christ is that where is God in this? Mm. And, and learning about grief, mm-hmm. talking about grief, and um, praying with them in their grief. Mm-hmm. But then also celebrating joys. Um, yeah. And so being there for them and all of that, and also um, recognizing progress, checking in with people, um, and then checking in with other providers um, at First Stop so I can, I can be with folks while they're making their progress, mm-hmm. um, coordinating also with folks in the community that are helping out at First Stop, um, such as Thrive Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge cheerleader for Thrive. Um, they are uh, they were down there today when I stopped by, uh, doing the um, HIV testing and hepatitis C. Yeah, and so. Being out there talking to folks, encourage them, encouraging them to get tested, um, to get vaccinated um, against a, um, hepatitis A and B because that's so rampant in the camps. Mm-hmm. Because having pastoral conversations with folks and saying, "Listen, God loves you. Your body's a temple. You only get one. You know, um, let's walk inside and get tested. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll I'll sit with you while we wait on the results. I'll yeah. be there for you after." Um, hmm. So, so those kind of partnerships and, and caring for people, um, and then Thursday um, we have Holy Eucharist. Um, I officiate with that, and um, yeah, it's it's wonderful.
1: I mean, so you, you, you one more? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I was yeah. going to follow up with that first up. I, I yeah, because yeah. I, I still, you know, I've heard there's several, they offer offer several services there, and you uh, know. Maybe could you maybe yes. elaborate on that? So oh yes, I,
2: I will sing their praises. <laughs> um, so laundry facilities is one yeah. thing that they do there. Uh, caseworkers, I can't talk. Um, I can't. I uh, can't talk enough about their caseworkers. They have four caseworkers there. Um, shower facilities. Um, then as far as just like personal hygiene things that they have there, everything from batteries to deodorant, um, and then coats and blankets and things such as that. Um, also they'll help with the IDs, um, driver's license and, oh gosh, what else? Birth certificates, social security cards, things like that. Yeah. So, um, those are all, oh, and breakfast and lunches.
0: So, it, so it is interesting, um, you know. As I told you, I'm a, I'm a therapist, uh, and I'm licensed in that. Social workers are a whole different thing; they are very hands on. But it's interesting because I encounter a lot of our our homeless friends that live down there, and they do mention your name, and then they mention their caseworker, but they don't say their name. It, so they they draw a distinct difference, and I was just I was think as you as you were speaking, I was thinking about kind of that process. To them, you are and have become what what your goal is is a friend, uh, a friend that is directing their life, somebody who's discipling them in so many ways without them knowing it, almost right, walking alongside of them and saying, you know, I, I'm going to be here and I, I care for you. And, and getting them to think, well, they know their caseworker's trying to help them get a house and their caseworker's trying to help them get off the streets and get a license or get a license plate or whatever. Um, and, and so as you were talking about that, I thought, you know, it's cool to be kind of on the other side, hearing your name on the other side and how God's kind of using you in the middle of that.
2: So, uh, and, and it's the way I look at it is, uh, well, I'm their priest. If, if they go to the hospital... I go visit them. Um, If they're sad about something, I'm encouraging them. Mm -hmm. And so I just look at the church as... as Look at it like this is a church. Mm -hmm. It's just this really huge church. Mm -hmm. And these are my parishioners. And I see them Mondays and Thursdays. And I get to have lunch with them. Sometimes breakfast. Um, It's lovely when they bring me food. (laughs) Um, Sometimes they they'll be like hey i got this box of food from manna house and i brought you grapes and and it's so, it's so sweet yeah but thank you um, yeah, it's very thoughtful it's very thoughtful um, they've gotten me hooked on on now and later's again <laughs> <laughs> yes my dentist is going to be very upset um and and it, it's it's relationship building yeah. and it is so intentional um, and that, that comes down also to donations and what Nativity is doing. And, and that, um, like, we, we have done in the past this uh, spam hunt in connection with Huntsville Assistance Program, HAP Food Pantry, and, and that we, we were doing um, food baskets. But this year we swapped because with um, food stamp cards, uh, food stamps being up so much mm-hmm. and food pantries not needing as much. We were like, okay, so what can we do that people need? What is it that people need right now? Mm. And as y'all know, uh, Cleveland camp shut down. Right. And there's a lot of needs right now for tents and yeah. and tarps with winter coming. And um, so the, the youth ministry folks came to me and said, okay, we're not going to do the spam hunt. Um, what do people need? And so we worked together to come up with this uh, camp idea to collect tents, mm-hmm. um, but not too many tents, but just enough, along with um, a good many tarps and, and flashlights and then batteries, because mm-hmm. batteries are always needed. Yeah. Um, but what was wonderful about that was that the church, the youth ministry folks came and said, what can we do? What do the people need? Mm-hmm. You know, not this white savior, Idea of we know what people want, right? But what do people need? Mm-hmm. What can we do? Um, and so it's becoming in, ingrained in the community um, at the church of okay, let's ask before we do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So um, and it and it's it's been happening again and again, and it's right. just like yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like Mr. T. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: That's so awareness is yes, good. So we're uh, trying to come up with a title for this episode. I, I kind of stole from the Doobie Brothers and said, well, let's call it taking it through the streets because as we've already heard from your sharing, uh, you're spending a lot of time at these places where the homeless are, where they're actually living or they're coming the first stop or in those kind of areas, other locations. And so it's maybe like a kind of a positive-negative, question here, but in working with, and you've shared a little bit of this already as I think about it, what are some of the blessings you see from working with the homeless displaced, but also what are some of the challenges that you've seen in some of these face-to-face when you get to really know people's problems and their lives and try to dive into that? As far as um, blessings,
2: um, I'd say growth. In the, in the community's understanding of, of who homeless people are and their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about, um, about needs, and we were talking about books, and I had suggested that we do um, some Sudoku books and crossword mm-hmm. puzzles for uh gift bags Mm -hmm. that we were doing with along with socks and um and she said well well what about books can we put books in there i said well um books are heavy and if people are staying at the mission then they're only allowed 25 pounds in with their backpack and she said why i said i i don't really know i just know that their backpacks can only be so heavy um So a lighter weight, kind of disposable, something that will keep them entertained is is better. And also folks go to the library and read, and there's, Mm -hmm. you know, amount of books there. She's like, I never knew that their backpacks could only be so heavy. Mm. And so I guess that would be both a blessing and a challenge. Um, Because it was a blessing to me to be able to, to share that with her, mm-hmm. and to see her her understanding, and that shift, that change, and it and it it made me happy mm-hmm. to be able to share that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, people are understanding, you know, that experience. Sure that that folks are having, and and it's open mindedness, um, and. Um, man, my homeless friends bring me joy. Hmm. I, like, yeah. I even hate putting that adjective over it. Right. Because yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. I I mean I, could, I I know Randy you can can share stories after stories from twenty eight twenty, but like uh, if I pull up to an intersection, um, and someone's <laughs> flying a sign, they'll look at me and be just wave like. Hey, Rosie, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not even yeah. gonna ask me for anything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, they just, they're my parishioners. Yeah. Um, and uh, if I'm leaving first stop, they'll look at me, up. okay, Rosie, be safe, you know? Mm-hmm. And um,
1: can, I, yeah. can I ask, okay, and this is me personally too, how do you keep from getting overwhelmed? with what you see and what you you know with those those friends and knowing some of the things are the challenge you're facing, how do you I guess do a lot of prayer, I guess, for on their behalf and, and, and I you know that's something in our what little we've done, you know, it's hard not to take it home with you.
2: <laughs> it is on God's time and not my time. Hmm. Um, So I have to be remembering that every day. And um, I can only do so much. And it is their walk, and it is their walk with God. Mm -hmm. And I am just one person traveling with them along the way. Um, I call our worshiping space um, the Traveler's Altar because faith is a journey that we're all walking, that Christ is walking along with us. And um, that is kind of how I look at it. Mm. And it keeps me from getting overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And it keeps me from getting frustrated with other people. (laughs) So, um, And that includes caseworkers. It includes the police. It includes the city of Huntsville. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's so many stops and so many roadblocks and... You know, when you have a bag that you can only put 25 pounds in, um, when you have a car that you can only fit so much in, Mm -hmm. um, Mm. a tent that can only hold so much. So we can only do so much for one person, but God can do a lot more.
0: Right. And we can still love them, right? So that's the big thing is like I can pour out as much love as you can receive And what you do with it is still dependent upon you. And that's, that's.
2: My, my middle child, Molly, um, she is famous for saying, I love you before she hangs up the phone. I mean, I can call her up and say, Hey, Molly, on your way here, can you get me a diet Coke? And she said, yeah, love you. Bye. And and I mean, she's, (laughs) I I don't know how like, and then she does it with her brother and, and I love this about her, and she's she's gotten me into this habit. Um, my, my daughter, Annabelle, my stepdaughter, Annabelle, she does it with me. Like, mm-hmm. we, my, my son does it. Like, we never hang up the phone before we say, I love you. And in my ministry, I tell my homeless folks all the time, I love you. I, I don't care if I've just met them mm. before they walk out the door after we've had a pastoral care session. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'll see you later. Right because I don't know when was the last time that someone has told them that they loved them. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've made it a habit because it's so important yeah. to hear that I love you. Not just God loves you, but I as a human being, I love you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, because so many of them live off of what they have done the day before. And, and, they, and most of those things aren't lovable.
2: They need to know that they are better than the worst thing they've ever done. Mm -hmm.
0: And it does. uh, You know, the longer we are able to work in that community, the more I feel like I learn about love from them. You know, they, uh, I I don't know, just how they care for one another. This is kind of switching gears a little bit here, but, you know, Randy mentioned it before is like how y'all's relationship began was these warming stations, on these extremely cold days, could you could you fill us in and those listening a little bit about the warming stations and um, and what that looks like and how people might even support that effort?
2: Sure. Um, so in the past, um, Sister Sherry um, at Grateful Life had been hosting the warming centers, and uh, last year due to COVID and their church being shut down. Um, we worked with the city to, uh, we being Nativity, worked with Nativ uh, with the city to get Max Luther um, Community Center as a place for people to go to, yeah. and um, it was a, a wonderful um, place for people to go. We got the cots um, from um, Grateful Life, and I
0: remember that. Yeah. I took people there. Yeah, I was like. I was like how do I know but now I know I took some people there yes
2: Um, I mean we had a ton of food provided Um, different organizations dropped off food Um, I think the longest stint we were open for was five days Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we had coloring books and puzzles and we had a TV going all the time and it was was really wonderful we're looking at doing this again this year Um, we're looking at possibilities of different buildings uh the city is back open in full swing as far as rec centers but they're still uh, looking at a possibility of building so really appreciative of that um so as far as how things will happen and, and what we need as soon as we have a building um we'll know more and then it, the temp you know, we don't know when it's going to happen. Only Mother Nature, and God knows that. all right <laughs> So, um, but if people are interested in helping out with that, they can um, email me. Um, okay. And you can find my email on Nativities
0: Church. Sure, and okay. if people are interested in listening to this, they can reach out to us, and we can we can get them connected if if not. Um, but um, that's a great ministry. What is it they do? It's like room in the end type thing, right? Is that the general idea
2: room in the end um i believe swaps from one church to another yeah that is what they do yeah which is a wonderful organization the the warming center we really just had everybody stayed in the gym Mm -hmm. it was one big open space um everybody got a cot yeah Mm -hmm. and i believe this year shower up um Mm -hmm. will be able to come out and provide uh services so that will be great yeah
0: that's they're good folks.
2: They are.
1: Yeah. They've been great. Um uh, and just one more question on that. So how cold does it have to get for those things to open up? I mean, what is the is there a certain
2: thirty uh below freezing for twenty-four hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe is the exact protocol.
0: Okay. So, so the high being below freezing, mm-hmm. basically. mm mm-hmm. For 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 an entire twenty four hour period. Yeah. It's uh I I can't even imagine. But there's already, you know, again, working in this community, you start thinking of things you never thought about before. And my kids do too. You know, we have these conversations and like we, when the weather changes off, we're like, oh, we're cold. Get in the car and turn on the heat. Let's go home. Let's build a fire. And then there's kind of a pause like, oh, yeah. You know, we've got friends right now. like Legitimate friends of ours. not No longer the homeless people. Now they're Friends of ours. I know their names, and I know their situations, and now I I think of them.
2: It's like a privilege check.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It
1: really is. It really is. S- so this, this may be like one additional question, and we kind of do this with almost every one we talk with, Rosie. If if you For those who may be listening, and I know we, maybe we've already talked a little bit about how they get involved with the warming station, but I mean there are people out there probably thinking, there's just so many needs and I'm only one person, you know, where do I start? How do I get involved with making a difference in our community, you know, reaching out? What would you say to them? What would you, how would you motivate them from thinking about it to going and doing something?
2: Definitely getting involved with organizations that are already doing things. Um, yes. Because n- I always tell people, don't reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. if there's organizations out there already doing things. Um, because like when I, when I started thinking about homeless ministry, I was like, oh, why, what about a coffee shop that you know, millennials could go buy coffee, but then also homeless people could just come and get coffee. That's a great idea. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Um, I mean, it might work somewhere, but honestly, like, think about what's already going on. Mm-hmm. Look at look at what's going on at twenty eight twenty, at the living room church. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's great stuff. They're filling people's needs. Um, what's going on with the 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 hubs co op with the bike ministry yeah. over there? Um, at Inner City Learning Center. I mean, what a wonderful organization. Mm -hmm. What First Stop is doing, what House is doing. I mean, I could just go on and on and on about all the great organizations um, and getting involved in volunteering at any of those. Someone said to me the other day, it's like, why are we calling it volunteering when this is what what discipleship is? Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's walking alongside of people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right.
1: It's well, I, it's just, I don't know if there's anything else. I, I I just think it's been great to talk with you. I've learned some things that I didn't know about you because we've only had a casual conversations, and, and I'm usually talking about, you know, the warming station or something specific rather than just you know what has motivated you to to be felt called to to do what you're doing, and you're doing an amazing job. I, mean, I can tell from hearing the folks talk about you that you're making a positive impact in the lives of a lot of people out there. And uh, we just appreciate you sharing your message with us today, too. Yeah, I,
0: I also appreciate you coming in, being willing to talk talk to us. Um, but like Randy said, it's it is it's funny. I don't know if the right adjective is funny, but it, it is interesting because so many people do. Uh, they are walking alongside of you in this journey, and your support to them means so much. Um and that's one of the things that I feel like this community really needs more than anything is for people who should not be trusted to have somebody that kind of trusts them, that has somebody that believes in them, even if they don't believe in themselves. And uh, clearly you're doing that. And there's other people doing that. And that's what there I appreciate are. about you bringing up all the different organizations mm-hmm. that yeah. are. Yeah. And you're exactly right. One of the things I heard uh I don't even remember who it was. It was a preacher somewhere. I don't listen to preachers very well, <laughs> but it was somewhere. And he's, I believe it was at my wife's church, actually at North Lake in Atlanta. But, um, he said something to the effect, we're going, we're going to look around our community and we're going to join with what God is already doing. Um, and we're going to be a part of that. And I think that's such a great calling for anybody. Listen to this for us, for anybody to look and see what, where God is already present and go walk alongside and, and bring his presence there. You know,
2: the Holy spirit is on the move. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to start forming these relationships. You know, we, we'd have no reason necessarily besides we're a church in Huntsville to have crossover with you. And besides this community has brought us together Mm -hmm. and now has allowed us to, to build community as well. Um, Well, I would love to just uh, pray a prayer of blessing over you and the work that God is using you to do, uh, if you'll allow us that, and then we'll wrap this thing up. But thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for inviting
0: me. Yeah, let me pray. God, we believe that you work, and we ask that you continue to work. We're thankful for Rosie, and I'm so thankful for hearing her name so often out of the mouths of these people um, who we call homeless Um, who are experiencing homelessness, at least right now. Father, for the friendship, for the love, and uh, for uh, the joy that she brings to their lives because of you. We just pray for your continued work through her, through all the hands. At First Stop, at 2820, at, uh, Father, all the different manor house, all the different organizations in Huntsville, um, Father, I pray that we continue to become a light for you. Um, thank you for, uh, for this blessing of being able to sit with Rosie today. Mm-hmm. We just pray for your blessings over her and her family. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We want to thank you again for joining us today. Uh, one thing that we hope these conversations might do for those listening is to help you visualize how you might take something you have interested in or a passion for and turn it into something that is god honoring look in your community look around you god has stuff going on you need to walk with him and join with what he's doing we appreciate your comments and feedback on unbroken jars podcast and please understand that our goal is always to honor god by the experiences of real life stories and real faith that you hear on this podcast may god bless your life as you live out your story of real faith in your own settings.